You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. I, I had a prophetic word for Paul during worship, which is, which is good. Um, I hope it's good. <laughs> but, um, Paul, I saw you as a lighthouse. And um, I know that there's a lot of connotations to this for you personally. But I felt that lighthouse is a place that is, is very visible. It shines light. It's, it's used in the darkness. And it's for safety. And I felt, Paul, your light shines in a magnificent way. So, Lord, we we open our hearts today in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that whatever Paul has on his heart from the Lord, that that light would shine into our hearts today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Amen. A very, very special welcome to all of you, but uh, it's a privilege to have Liam and Alana with us. There, somewhere there, Liam and Alana, and uh, Malachi, and Malachi is their son, but he's, uh, if you really know, his real name is Malachi, the Italian prophet, amen. <laughs> but uh, they are here in Australia with us for nine and a half weeks, not at Melbourne Lights for nine and a half weeks two and a half weeks with us here in Melbourne Lights Church. And uh, really, I just want to honor your obedience, honor what God filled in the heart to come. And uh, it is open that you're moving to Australia, yes? Yes, amen. But they do feel in the Lord out of obedience uh, that they are going to be moving to Australia to plant or to lead something. And so let's honor them today. Amen. So, Amen. Just before I preach, just uh, thank you for worship, and I really enjoyed it today. I have a prophetic word for somebody today. I've learned this, that uh, if somebody receives a prophetic word, uh, but it fits the bill, and uh, you say, hey, that, 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 that prophetic word is, is also for me, just receive it, even though it doesn't have your name attached to it, amen? And it's for Christian. It is Christian, isn't it? Antigone's son. Would you mind? No, Christian. No, I do, I do know Christian. Christian, would you mind standing? Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, And in the middle of worship, I just felt the Holy Spirit says, would you let Christian know that I've read his diary, that I've read his private diary, and that the Father has read your tears in your diary, and that they haven't gone unnoticed, Christian, and that you're a quiet soul, you're a quiet young man, but loves God. And I felt the Holy Spirit says, I've seen you, and I've seen those words and I've read those words read you, with you. And when you cried, and those tears that actually dropped physically on the pages of your diary, I cried with you. And I felt the Lord says, I am your good father, and I will not let you go. That you're an outstanding mother. In fact, I felt the approval of God the Father over your life, Christian. That he says, you've got what it takes. You're a man of character. You're, you're developing. You're a young man. But uh, I felt the Lord says, you are a man. That's the word I, I, I heard and that you're a person of integrity, and that God has seen you, that you're not hidden, you're not forgotten, that God has seen you. And so would you lift up your hands towards Christian? And so, Lord, we just released a prophetic word over this young man. And Lord, if that word was for somebody else, he's seen your diary, he's seen your cries and your tears, he's seen your depression and your anxiety and your pain, and God will bring healing upon you because he's a good father. So we release that word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
And so uh, we're in the middle of an incredible series. I've really enjoyed it. Matt, thank you for the privilege of letting me preach today. And uh, we've got a little surprise for all of you at the end of my preach today. Don't you dare leave. I've got um, bodyguards right there. Thank you, Seppo. He's at the door. Dress for the Kingdom series. It's been magnificent. Uh, and what are you wearing has been our catchphrase. Uh, and uh, you would never dream to live home naked. Uh, and if some of you do that, uh, we'll pray for you for deliverance. <laughs> but we are clothed uh, for the kingdom. But I want to say we're also clothed for the king. We're clothed for him. He's paid the price, the ultimate price, that we would live, uh, live in step with the spirit today. Before I come into our key scripture for today, um, I'm going to preach today on dressed for service. Dressed for service uh, is what... Uh, I'm, I'm preaching on today. After World War II, my dad, a 19-year-old uh, young man, came, uh, was meant to go to Canada, got to uh, the, the, the station in Genova in northern Italy, but the boat was full. And so they said, sorry, there's no room for you to go to Canada. You're going to Australia instead. He said, okay, I'll go to Australia. Uh, my life would have been very different, I think, if my dad had gone to Canada. But uh, my dad got radically saved as a 19, 20-year-old uh, in King's Cross of Sydney. If you don't know what King's Cross is, it's the red district of Sydney. And there was a bunch of people like we do once a month at, um, at Dandenong who were worshipping and just praying for the sick, praying for people. And my dad was, uh, this is a true story, my dad was on the way to a brothel as a 19, 20-year-old, but he stopped because he heard the, the worship, the song. And so he stopped and he met this young girl and this young girl started talking to him about Jesus, invited him to St. Philip's Presbyterian Church in the middle of Sydney. And uh, that night they had an evangelist preaching and uh, my dad got radically saved. And uh, he never made it to the brothel. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. And so uh, my dad worked as an engineer, but he felt the call of God to go on his life. And so my mum and my dad, and my brother was already born, I can't remember the full story, but uh, he decided to go to Bible college in a place called Tarly, just north of Newcastle in Sydney. And so they arrived with their suitcases and young, young Daniel, their first son. And as they arrived there, they saw this lovely, beautiful old man uh, attending to the garden, doing, fixing up the roses in this beautiful property. I've been to Tali, and it's right up north of Port Stephens. And so my dad gets out of the car, brand new Christian, uh, classic arrogant young Italian, and he says to the gardener, he says, hey, young man, would you mind taking my suitcases into our room? And the old man looks at him, and he says, sure. Uh, welcome to Tali Bible College. And uh, he grabs suitcases. My dad comes in. He says, thank you. Thank you, good man. My dad to the gardener. That night was the opening night for all the new college, the first year students at Bible College. And the gardener had changed his outfit into a full suit because he was the principal of the college. <laughs> My dad's face apparently went white as a ghost. But what a beautiful model of the principal of a college to be in outfit of a gardener, and when my dad asked him to serve, he did it so willingly. Central to the heart of kingdom men and women is this heart to serve. And I want to say this at the outset. Uh, I have the privilege with Monica and Matt and Elodie, who are on the apostolic team, to visit many churches. 
We visit many, many churches, and we honor all those churches. But I want to actually say thank you to you, Melbourne Lights Church. You have caught the heart of serving the king. Well done. Can we do more? Of course. We can always do more. Can we improve on that? Can we be challenged in that? As we shall see today, you will be challenged, amen? But I want to say thank you on behalf of the eldership and to the eldership for this heart to serve the Lord. If you've got your Bibles, please, and if you don't, please buy one. Get one. We'll give one for free. And I know that that come on here, but it's actually good to have one of these. Can I say that? Mine is falling apart. Time to buy a new one. And so we're coming to Luke chapter 12. And in the context, Luke chapter 12, it's a series of teaching that Jesus is giving on being prepared for the return of the king. Uh, it talks about eternity and how to use our talents wisely in preparation. We're going to pick it up from verse 35. I am going to be reading from the NIV. So don't stone me, but it's a, still a good version of the Bible. Amen. Luke 12, 35. Be dressed Ready for service. Other translation says, be ready for action and have your lamps shining. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you know that I was choosing that scripture today? No, you didn't. But the Holy Spirit knew that. Be like servants who are waiting for their master to come home from a wedding party. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a recurrent theme in the synoptics, in the four gospels. When he comes and knocks, the servants immediately open the door for him. They will be blessed when the master comes home because he sees that they were watching for him. I tell you the truth, the master will dress himself to serve. Please understand what the scripture is serving. He's coming home and now he changes his clothes from wedding clothes to the clothes of a servant. Those servants will be blessed when he comes in and finds them still waiting, even if it is midnight or later. Remember this. In fact, I've just jumped the whole thing. I'm going to go back. Verse 37. They will be blessed when the master comes home because he sees that they were watching for him. I tell you the truth. The master will dress himself to service and tell the servants to sit at the table and he will serve them. I'm glad I went back. It's essential. Those servants will be blessed when he comes in and finds them still waiting, even if it is midnight or later. Remember this, if the owner of the house knew what time a thief was coming, he would not allow the thief to enter the house. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at a time when you don't expect it. And so before us today in, 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 in this series, Dress for Service, we're looking what does it look like for you and I to be dressed to serve, ready for the return of the king. Ready for the return of the king. So in the teaching here, it's about seeking first the kingdom of God, putting God first, having our hearts so malleable by the Holy Spirit that we are always dressed for service. We're always dressed for the kingdom of God. It's not like one day we're dressed as a gardener and the other day we're dressed in a suit. The dressing that God's talking is from the inside out. The Bible says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. And so we can serve from a posture of just having to do it. It's the religious thing to do it. 
all, as we see in this scripture today, we can respond because we are so full of the oil of gladness that we want to serve from a posture of being so full of the Holy Spirit, so full of the joy of the Lord, that it is a joy to serve. It's a joy. It's not, oh, it's not a chore. When we are asked to serve here at Melbourne Lodge Church, our posture should always be yes and more. Amen? Not, oh, here we go, another roster. Oh, Elodie just asked me again to do it. And while we're talking about Elodie, I want to thank the Lord for the moral that Elodie is in this church. You know, we think, oh, she's busy. She's always, always doing busy stuff. But thank you, Lord. She, her heart is to serve the kingdom as a model to us. And we do well to look at how she does it unto the Lord. Amen. So let's look at the scene. The master, which is Jesus, has gone out for a wedding, for a party. I love that in the kingdom of God, we can have fun. Amen? Without getting drunk on wine. But drunk on the Holy Spirit. He left his servants in charge of running his whole house. It says in the Bible that, he, that God gives us the keys of the kingdom. And so in this story here, in this parable here, the master who is Jesus says to his servants, here, this is my property and my house, which is symbolic of the kingdom of God. He says, I want you to serve my, my domain and my property and I'll give you my house. I'm going to go away. Do of it as you please. He does not tell them what time he's coming home. You know why? Because he trusts them. Trust is the key aspect of any relationship, including that between us and Jesus. He trusts us with the kingdom of God to save faithfully with the gifts and the talents that he gives us. As he approaches their home, he hears laughter. I love it that when we come to church, we hear laughter and joy and the sound of worship. Joyfully, we respond to our king. Amen? We don't come here and do some religious gig. No, out of the joy of the Holy Spirit, we come and we serve and we, we come to prayer meetings. We come early tonight. We come even earlier to clean the toilets. I said that. As he approaches, he hears the hustle and bustle of his faithful servants going joyfully about running his house. The lamps are full of oil, and that is symbol of the Holy Spirit. And they're shining bright in preparation for the king. The road is lit, the house is lit, everything buzzes of joy for his return. These servants are not grumbling and angry and upset and cranky, don't get paid enough, it's, it's below my calling and this and that. They're doing it because of agape love. They're doing this because it's a joy to be dressed for service for the king, as we shall see, who laid down his life for us. These servants are described as ready, ready. In fact, they were watching, expectant for the return. Is he coming? Is he coming? When shall he return? The Bible says we don't know the hour or the time when Jesus will return, but it says keep an eye out on the cloud. It says he shall return on a cloud, on a white horse, and on his thigh will be written, King of kings and Lord of lords. It's a good exercise every now and then. Just look up. Just look up. But the moral of the story is that we serve in preparation for the return of the king. We're ready. We don't come to church. Just, oh, okay, feed me, Matt. Preach another good sermon. No. We come, yes, to receive, but also how can I serve? 
How can I be ready? How can my heart be prepared to give? The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. If your heart is soft by the Holy Spirit, it's easy to speak about things of the kingdom and to do what he's asked us to do unbegrudgingly. A bit like parenting, isn't it? I'm not looking on that side of the room. My boys have had enough of illustrations from their dad. What a delight for the master to return home. They open the door, and probably because of the custom in Jewish culture, they wash his feet. Because when you travel in that culture, you didn't have boots or clothes shoes. You had open sandals. And so they wash his feet, and they give him something to eat. And they are delighted with that. We learn that these servants want to serve their master not out of duty or religion, but because of relationship. They are dressed to serve Psalm 102 says this, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness, with joyfulness, gladness. I'm going to show, um, share in a moment different ways how we can serve. But I love this, serve the Lord with gladness. Do I feel glad every Sunday morning? Nah. Do I want to serve? Sorry, Matt. Off eldership, bad elder. <laughs> Had to come out, didn't it? But you know what? When you can think of all that God has done for you and the joy of being together, of not forsaking the gathering, of doing whatever we can as a leadership to prepare for a great Sunday morning in our togetherness, the joy of the Lord starts coming. If it doesn't come straight away, you need to talk to yourself. Get joyful. Get joyful. Sometimes you just need to shut up to the little voices and listen to the voice of the Spirit. Get with the picture of the kingdom. And then we come and serve and do the guys on, on sound and, and, and AV and the worship team, the guys who prepare and clean. Elisha, who comes, I know he probably gets a couple of dollars to clean the building, but thank you for cleaning the building for us, Elisha. Thank you, Elisha. I've seen Elisha many times clean the building. I've never, ever, ever, ever seen him grumbling about it or upset. Good attitude, Elisha Johns. Great attitude, my friend. Well done. Move on, Paul. We've only got a few minutes left. So what gave this garment or servanthood to these beautiful servants in return for the master? It was the oil of gladness in their heart. The correlation between serving the Lord and the oil are hand in hand. Hand in hand. Isaiah 61.3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It's because of the joy the oil of gladness in this servant's heart, that when he comes home, they are ready for him. I haven't got time to describe it now, but Matthew 25 tells the incredible parable of the ten virgins. Five were ready, the oil never burnt out, they didn't get distracted with the concerns of this world, and the other five virgins used their oil unwisely. And so when the master, the groom, came home, they were without oil. This moral of that story is don't get caught without the oil. Without oil, you'll start getting grumbly. Grum, 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 you'll grumble. Not grumbly, you'll grumble. 
you'll start doing it begrudgingly. Oh, not again. Without oil, you'll be caught unprepared. Without oil, you'll start criticizing. Without oil, you'll start moaning and everything else in between. But when the oil comes in, you come from a posture of humility. God gives grace to the humble in opposed to the proud. And so these five virgins who went prepared and used the oil and got distracted, when the groom came, he says, nah, you're not coming in. But to the five virgins, they celebrated with the groom. Let us be the five wise virgins who cultivate well the oil of the Spirit and say we're dressed to serve. Part two of this preach is King Jesus, our model of servanthood. Not only are we called to serve, but the unthinkable happens in this parable. And so the master is so excited, so happy that, 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 that he sees his servants doing it so joyfully, he takes his wedding garments off and he puts the same clothing as that of his servants. And then he, he says this, now you sit down and I'm going to serve you. Unthinkable. The master is the one who receives the servanthood. But he's so enamored with the heart attitude, the joyful Holy Spirit attitude. He says, now let me bless you. Isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? Isn't Jesus said, now let me serve you by dying on the cross to give you eternal life. Let me put these robes on and take my robes of the king and come on the cross half naked. So I can model to you what good leadership in the church. See, this stuff on humility paves the way for revival. We think the greater I am, the better leader, the more I lord it over people. Nah, he doesn't look at that. He looks at the humble. He looks at the least and the last and the lost. and says, if you look after them well, I will pour out my revival upon you. God hates arrogance. Hates it. Hates arrogance. And so Jesus comes and serves. We read this in Philippians 2, um, 3 to 7. It says this, Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of the servant. We're talking about Jesus, people. That he took on the very nature of a servant. Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man did not come to be uh, served, but to serve and to give his life for ransom for many. The king of the universe came to serve us, not to be served. Does that blow your mind up? That is the model. In John 13, then we read the ultimate illustration. Verse 1, John 13, the gospel. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, he should depart from this world to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being um, ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose up from supper and laid aside his external garment, took a towel, girded around himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Incredible story. Incredible story of humility from our king. And to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded with. 
When it came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know this, but you will know this after this. And Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Jesus was demonstrating that if you're not having a humble attitude, we can't serve in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the kingdom of God belongs to little children, humbleness, humility. See, the ways and the values of, the, of Jesus and the kingdom of God are upside down. That Jesus came to serve, not to be served. In the most humble of actions, King Jesus, the creator and Lord of all things, models humility by washing the disciples' feet. Remember, in those days, they would have been full of dust, full of muck, maybe even a couple of maggots thrown in on the feet. No maggots, no maggots. But I want you to imagine right now that Jesus washed dirty feet. It wasn't in a, uh, in a beauty parlor with lovely lavender and your feet were already clean. These were dirty feet. That Jesus comes into the muck of society, into the dirt of society, and he says, will you serve them as I've served you? What a model. What a model. Jesus came to serve. So how do we serve? Point three. Matthew 23, 11, it says, but the greatest amongst you shall be a servant. We serve the Lord with humility. It's not always convenient, is it? It's not always joyful, always, woohoo! I get to serve today. Sometimes my attitude gets really tested when I need to serve into the kingdom. But it's at that moment when it's least convenient that we demonstrate the kingdom of God at hand. I've already said that we serve with gladness. In Deuteronomy 11:13, and it shall come to pass that you shall hearken diligently unto my commands which are commanded to you. Love the Lord your God and serve him with all of your heart. We serve the Lord with all of our hearts. Amen? Not partially. We serve him unreservedly because he is worthy of it all. These are not lies that we put on a screen. These words that we sing, if they don't mean something, they better start meaning something. You are worthy of it all means that I will serve you unconditionally. It will cost me everything. We serve him faithfully. His master replied in Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear when I meet him face to face. Paul Francis Zanata, you weren't perfect, but you served me faithfully. That's what I want to hear. Good, well done, good and faithful servant. The only reason we can do this is because the oil of the Holy Spirit. We serve Him with our money. Amen? With our finances. With this thing here, our wallets. Proverbs 3.9 says this, Honor the Lord, serve the Lord with all of your wealth and with your, all of your fruits and all of your produce. Deuteronomy 14.23, The purpose of tithing is to teach you to put God first. When we encourage you to give, we're giving you an opportunity to serve the Lord with your wealth. It all belongs to Him. We cannot withhold what belongs to Him because He'll bring curses. Oh no, Paul, that's Old Testament. No, it's not. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I want to say this. If you can't worship and serve the Lord with your money, you're in trouble. 
there's an issue with your heart. I've been tested many times. Can't afford to give, can't afford to give. Even when we didn't get paid for four years leading a church, the Lord says, keep on tithing, keep on tithing. I went, many times, I, I, my, my finger could not press that button. I am serious. <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom, and then God will add everything else. Bang. And then miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle. With all of your talents, Colossians 3.23, with one another in love, joyfully, expectantly, obediently, as unto the Lord and not begrudgingly. The parable before us is that these servants were dressed to serve and they were ready for the return of the king. He arrives home and there's no friction. There's just a joy. There's a buzz. See, when we gather in our homes on a, on a Sunday morning, there should be just an oil of gladness. There should just be the joy of the Lord. When we serve, when husbands serve their wives and wives their husbands, there should be a joy to serve one another and our children. Amen? We need to demonstrate clothes for service in our homes. Opening our homes and having people for dinner. Amen? It's not what you prepare for them, it's how you prepare for them. With a willing heart to open friendships and to love one another, to serve, to go into, a, into Woolies or whatever, and you can see that there's somebody struggling. We went out for a men's event the other night, and this little girl came to pay for her burger with 10 and 20 cent coins. And it broke my heart, so quickly I went for my Visa card, and before I could tap it, this guy covered in tats, I don't know if anybody who was there saw this, this guy, this, you know, he had singlet on, and before he came, he tapped before me, he said, don't take that joy away from me, he said to me. And I went, wow. I don't know if he's a Christian, not a Christian, but he said, don't take the joy away from me. That should be our attitude. Outdo one another in love by serving one another. Amen? Yeah. And I want to leave you with this thought before we allow whatever God has prepared for us right now. But over 59 times, we see the expression, one another. And the Bible commands us to love one another joyfully, to serve one another, to do it with joy, to come and do stuff. I started by saying, well done, Melbourne Lights Church. We are a serving community. But I, I want to say, don't stop there. Let this word of God challenge your heart today. Challenge your heart today. You heard Elodie before with some quite strong statements. And you might have heard the whole eldership going, go Elodie, go Elodie, go Elodie. I hope you did. I hope your heart was, come on, come on, come on. John 13, as I said, the unthinkable happens. The king of the universe comes to his disciples and he washes their feet. It's a story that stirs me that the king of the universe would come and wash my feet. And so now can I invite our leadership to come to your post around the room. And now this morning we're going to wash your feet. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.